We live in a time where the expectations for young people are low at best. In 1 Timothy 4.12, Paul encouraged Timothy to not be looked down on for his age, and we want to discuss how we can set an example in what we believe, think, say, and do. We believe that God is calling each of us to greater maturity in our faith, and we hope that you'll join us in thinking through what this looks like today. I'm Alec. And I'm Trey. This is Despise for Youth. Episode 6 it is. Yeah. We're back, and it's been two weeks since we last recorded, although it feels like much, much shorter. Um, it's good to be back, though. Yes. I like I like doing this and glad back, to be back in front of or behind the mic. Yeah. Depending on how you I'm pretty sure it always faces me and then mm-hmm. I point the other side towards you. I don't know why, because all the stuff that I fiddle with is on the back. So you'd think that I would put the back to myself, but I don't know. Yeah, I've always found that kind of funny, but I've never questioned it. It's You're like a subconscious guy. thing that I'm uh like it's my pride. I'm like, <laughs> well the come on, the mic should point towards me. That's, that's fair. That's it is. It's be. your mic too. So that is true. That is true. But you know, we'll have to get you one now too. Yeah, that'll, that's that'll gonna have to happen. Yeah. And and why is that, Alec? Um, more on that later. <laughs> we will we will save that one till later. Um, I will also explain why there was nothing uploaded the past week. I mean, I guess I was on vacation, so that was the one big explanation but you know what we'll just table this till later uh so what are we talking about this week trey we're talking about god's will yes we are and uh this is a a pretty i would say it's an edgy subject because a lot of people have some hot takes and um i want to say blistering opinions is that a phrase they have some blistering opinions about about uh god's will to make this a little more narrow, I think we'll talk about God's will to answer uh, the question, how can I know what God wants me to do in life or what his will is for my life? Because to just talk about God's will in general, that's a really big topic. It would go a lot of places. So we'll just kind of keep it towards the individual believer. What do they need to know about God's will? How does it how does it impact what they should be doing for their life and um, the choices they should be making? Yeah, I think we might toe the the edge of that canyon of Fine discussing God's will, but um, I don't know if we're qualified to to jump necessarily. Well, you know what they say: God doesn't uh, call the qualified; He qualifies the called. So that sounds like a Southern Baptist saying, if there ever was one. Yep, it sure <laughs> does. And seeing as we are in the South, we're gonna. I guess we're gonna do that. Um, well, I think the the best place to start, and this is kind of how we always uh, start, let's talk about what God's will means, because I think this gets thrown around a lot. Um, you definitely hear, uh, say, you, you know, you, ha- you share a prayer request at church or something, uh, you might hear someone say, you know, we're just p- praying for God's will for your life. Well, okay, what, is, what does it mean, God's will? Well, I think for me, uh, in the context of our discussion, what God has in store or decreed to come to pass for our lives. I mean, decreed is a big word, but Mm -hmm. I I can't think of a better word that's smaller. So we're going to go with decreed. Well, decreed is, I think that's a good word because it, decreed really just means he said, but it kind of gives a more, uh, 
Some weight to it. Yeah, it, it kind of has some some just punch with saying decreed. Uh, and the big thing about speaking is we know God spoke the world into existence, and it's by by his speaking, his word, that uh, things happen. So uh, to say that he decrees something to happen essentially means that it happens or it will happen. Um, so that's a good way to, I think that's a good way to explain that. Now, one one tricky area I think is, uh, and we're just we're just diving right in. So uh, there's really no wading into this. It's it's one of those situations where you're you're at the beach and you're wading and you're like, wow, it's really shallow. And then all of a sudden, like six foot drop off. That's kind of what this is this week. So back to what I was saying before I started rambling on that. God's will is you know what He decrees and what He wants for our lives. But some have asked the question. If God wants something, does that mean it is definitely going to happen? Because uh, we know in the Bible it says it says various things, and we see examples of where God seemingly changes his mind, or it says God wants something, and we know that thing doesn't fully happen. And without getting into real specific examples yet, what, what would you kind of say to that? Well, I would say, and I feel like this is kind of skipping forward a little bit into what we'll we'll get into, but God has given us his revealed will in scripture, uh, and that's what he communicates to us for us to know about him. Then, I think in scripture, we also get an idea that God has a will that is above us and beyond mm-hmm. our ability to know or comprehend, and I think that's that mystery, how those two things go together, that's where we find, you know, God, you know, frustrated or repenting of creating man because man has become so sinful and the, mm-hmm. those sort of things where God knew what was going to happen. Um, right. But to convey his attributes, he conveys them in a way that we can understand. Yeah, so. I think that's a great way to put it. Um, God certainly isn't a person so he doesn't he doesn't react and change his demeanor in different ways according to what happens because first of all he knows what's going to happen but second of all he's constant but you know part of the reason we have the bible is it got it's god's revelation towards us so some things are in ways that you know we have to be able to understand it if it's in if it's in a language nobody understands you know it doesn't do anyone good and same if it's uh, not made understandable by the Holy Spirit and, uh, you know, the means that God has used to deliver it to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a good way to look at it. So I guess let's progress a little further before we, you know, just go off on that. Cause we could just go off on yeah. that trail, but we'll loop back around. Let's talk about our will versus God's will. Cause as you've said, God's will, part of that is stuff that he has decreed is going to happen. Things that he's revealed to us. And part of that is, we you know we haven't been revealed a lot of people get kind of flustered when you talk about god's will because it brings up the question of human will do we have free will uh do we not have free will are we robots um so what is what is human will like uh evil corrupted sinful uh oh you're just <laughs> going for the throat there yeah i mean that's that's what scripture tells us that we because our hearts are deceitfully wicked and not to be trusted, uh, we are slaves to sin. We are, before we are in Christ, we are evil. And we have a free will 
to make choices based on what we're slaves to. So Paul in Romans 6 says that we're slaves to sin. So before Christ, we make choices according to our sinful desires. So we are slaves to sin in that way. After we're in Christ, we're now slaves to Christ. And while we're not yet perfect, we're not making every single choice uh, you know, in obedience or in faithfulness. But we now have the ability to either choose to obey or to choose our flesh, which we're still, you know, waiting final victory over in you know, glorification. Mm-hmm. I think this is something that really requires a careful look at terminology and also um, kind of what the, the moving parts are. Um, one thing I, I think people get caught up on a lot is the idea of total depravity which, you know, if you know anything about Calvinism, it's part of the tulip. I want to bring this up now. One of the one of the most educated Calvinists I can think of, uh, Michael Horton, once said on his radio program, the tulip is terrible. Who invented the tulip? The thing about the tulip is it's kind of something that's made where the 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 terms and the ideas behind those terms were fitted into the word. So, so so maybe the wording isn't always as clear. I think that's what he meant in the context he said it. And I would agree that total depravity, one one distinction to make is that it is not saying that people are totally depraved, that every single thing they do is the most evil thing. What it means is in our totality, we are depraved. I think that's an, another way you can look at it, where uh, as Paul says in Romans, where he quotes from, I think, Isaiah 54 or something, Isaiah somewhere. Um, no one is good. No one seeks after God. Uh, mm-hmm. They've all all fallen astray together. They become worthless. Mm-hmm. Uh, this idea that in our in our uh, default disposition, we don't pick God. Uh, and with with free will, I like the way you said it, where it's not that we don't have the free will to make decisions. It's that we we make those decisions based on what we're enslaved to. One way I always look at it, and I think this can be helpful for some people who get caught up on the whole uh, terminology of free will, is it's not it's not that we can't choose God. It's that we never will, mm-hmm. and so in a sense we can't. It's that because because of our hearts and the way that we are, unless God intervenes, we never will. Um, you never will want to, and you never, you never will do it. And so, in other words, you can't do it. You know, I, I don't mm-hmm. see a problem with saying can't or won't. Maybe some people do, but uh, that's kind of how I like to look at it. Sometimes, uh, you know, unless God intervenes, it, it will never possibly happen. Mm-hmm. And so that's why our will is bound. Yeah, and I mean, the idea of us not being able to do it, Paul lays that out pretty clearly when he talks about. You know, we are, our hearts are dead. Like we are dead in our sins and trespasses. You know, a lot of times I, I feel like you see people talk about a gospel presentation as throwing out the, the life ring to a drowning person. Yeah. And well, I mean, the reality of the situation is you've already drowned. Your corpse is being nibbled on at the bottom of the ocean by whatever bottom feeders there are. Mm-hmm. And God comes along and gives you life. I mean, that's yeah. the, kind of more the reality of the situation we're talking about spiritually. Right. And any, any, any attempt where we try to, we try to minimize, uh, God's totality in saving us, I think is kind of just, a an unwillingness to, to admit or accept that we can't, we can't reach out to him at all. He has to totally 
reach out to reach down to us that's that's what it means to be saved it's not it's not like we're helped we are saved we are totally removed from the danger that we were helpless in mm-hmm. um so in conclusion our our will is free the problem is it's not free to choose god because of sin um that's the only that's the only distinction i would make or the only way i would say that our will is not free mm-hmm. I can see this uh, becoming a follow-up episode of, well, if you believe this, then how is somebody saved? So you know, you maybe could. order of salvation will be in the future. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> uh, I don't often like talking about that. It gets, it gets a bit, uh, you get in the weeds. <laughs> so how is God's will different than our, our will? Does God have, well, this is, this is uh, you know, feeding you a softball. Does God have free will, Trey? Does he? <laughs> yes. Yes, God absolutely has his free will. Um, I mean, you're you're comparing apples and tuna fish at this point. Um, wow, which, that's that's way beyond oranges. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, our will and God's will. I mean, they're not even comparable. You know, we mm-hmm. we make decisions based on the thing that we we worship or are slaves to. God makes decisions and they happen. I mean, they, yeah. He sovereignly decreed the end from the beginning. Uh, it's Isaiah uh, 46, 9 and 10. Um, so from the beginning of all time, God said what was going to happen at every mm-hmm. point. If he didn't do that, he's not sovereign and this is all random chaos. I mean, yeah. that's just kind of the reality of it. But yeah, his will is, you know, it's either his will as in his desire for the way we are to live as his people or it's his will in uh, what he is sovereignly decreed to come to pass throughout all of human history. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that, I think that brings up a question. Um, A lot of people think, okay, well, if God is is sovereign over everything and he's decreed things, what do we make of when bad things happen? And that's, that's a big question, Mm -hmm. but um, kind of in short, how do you think we should, we should work that into our understanding of God's will for what happens. Well, I mean, I think if we're going to talk about bad things happening to people, let's be honest, there's only been one person that one truly bad thing has happened to where it wasn't deserved. And that was Jesus because mm-hmm. he's the only one who was ever sinless. Uh, the rest of us deserve condemnation and judgment from the first time we ever sin as a toddler. Yeah. Um, so just the fact that, someone can go 90 years and never face like death and destruction is mercy. Mm -hmm. Um, But we are absolutely responsible for our actions. Uh, God has given us his plan for the way that we are to conduct ourselves. And I'll get into the fine because I keep talking about what he's shown us and what he has decreed. But so There's the idea of God's prescriptive will, which is that which he has prescribed to us through scripture, uh, the things that we are to do as believers and the things that he has revealed about himself. And then there's the idea of God's decreed will, that which you don't find in scripture, which is the events, which is everything that God has said will happen from the beginning of time to the end. In that, in the prescribed will, because we are slaves to sin, we break God's law and God's commandments. In God's decreed will, he allows for that. He knows that we are going to do these things, and he has events set up. He is not the author of the sin, 
but he uses that sin to bring about his good purpose. Now, you might be thinking, Trey, that's absolutely insane. That makes God evil and it makes him the author of sin. It absolutely does not. Uh, Genesis 50, uh, you see Joseph, his brothers come to him. He reveals himself after he was you know, robbed, thrown in a pit, sold into slavery, thrown in jail in Egypt, all this. And then through that, he's able to save uh, the line that will become Israel. So he reveals himself to his brothers who did this to him. They fall down. They're begging for their lives. And he tells them, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. So right there, you see they're responsible for their actions. They had evil intentions. God sovereignly decreed that to happen and used it to save this family and to carry on the line of Israel. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's 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 a tough thing to grapple with, especially if this is the first time you're hearing about it. I can understand the knee-jerk reaction is is tough. I remember dealing with it myself, but it's it's pretty clear in scripture to me. So I have a I have a quick question on what you said about the prescriptive will. Mm-hmm. Is that just things that uh, we as believers are told to do, or does does that include uh, sort of pieces of God's decreed will that He is telling us? I I think I might have just gotten lost mm-hmm. on the separation there. No, I think there are certain aspects of decreed will that I believe are there. I mean, if you if you take yourself back. Uh, before the coming of Christ, looking at the Old Testament, there's prophecy that you know Christ will come. Okay, so gotcha. like, something is going to happen that has been decreed and we're told about it, uh, but it's yet to happen. I mean, you could say so. For a, which would that fall under, prescriptive or decreed? Um, I would say that's dis- decreed, but it's okay. something that we okay. can know. Um, I would see prescriptive, and this is where you know these aren't my terms. I may be misrepresenting them. So if there's someone out there who knows better than I do. Please correct me. Um, But prescriptive is more like this is the way that we have been called to live. That's God's will for us to live this way. Like a prescription. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, You know, it's interesting. I've heard I've heard different terms. I think I've heard three, uh, three different wills of God, so to speak. But uh, before before I mention that, I want to I want to get back on something you said earlier. I know you said that, you know, every bad thing that happens yeah, you know, we would deserve, you know, as sinners. Um, I want to make it clear, like the amazing thing is that doesn't happen. You know, like it, it says the rain falls on the just and the wicked. And um, which is to say, you know, good and bad happen to both the, you know, the as people we would consider the worst of the worst and the people we would consider the best of the best. Good and bad things happen to both of them. And that's God's common grace that we don't receive instantaneous, like total justice and punishment for everything we do and we know that uh believers are not punished by god all the punishment that believers deserve was taken by jesus on the cross so now anything that happens we never have to think is god punishing me there is you know the the idea of discipline as Mm -hmm. well but that's all loving and that's to to bring us back and to to make us more like christ it's never done in sort of a an angrier retributive retributive gosh never done in a way that's retribution and furthermore you know god also says in romans uh, through paul that uh, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love god accord who and who are called according to his purpose Um, probably mixed some translations there but uh, just want to make it clear that that we're not we're not just punished all the Mm -hmm. time it's not like when bad things happen it's punishment 
No. And, and to, to, to do that and to kind of assume these things is, is almost to try and like wrap our minds around God in a way that says, like, I understand you. And because I understand you, it's almost like I've brought you under my control. And that's a, that's a really dangerous thing to do to try and contain God in an, in a sense that if I understand him, it's something that I like have under my power. And mm-hmm. uh, it's no, that's never an explicit thing, but. Um, well, I think like two things that I just thought of there. So the first, you're talking about bad happening to us and it not being punishment. I think of uh, in Job, his wife early on, I mean, chapter two, his kids die. Everything's taken from him. He's sick. He's got boils all over his body and his wife being the loving encouraging wife she is tells him to curse god and die and job's response is amazing really given that situation that uh it's like what should i accept good from god and not also evil i mean he gives and he takes away and so like he recognizes god's sovereignty over his life Mm -hmm. and um and of course, I've forgotten my second point because I wasted all my energy trying to remember this, the verse from Job. But I mean, I think that just goes to show right there that scripture is pretty clear that these things do, you know, come from God in the sense that he is sovereign over them, not that he is the author of whatever evil mm-hmm. may befall you. And one of the big points of the book of Job is not uh, that god had a plan the whole time and that he was going to tell job see this is the reason why i did it job never finds out why anything happened i mean we're told in a sense uh kind of for the benefit of what the book of job teaches us but job never finds this out he just god restores him not because job deserved it or because he earned it or anything but just because uh, god chose to give job all this back and more Mm -hmm. um but the book of job is mostly saying uh god is in control and you know, he, he does care about you and he loves you and he's he's working things for your good. Just trust him. Mm-hmm. And that's the main point. It's not you'll you'll find out later in life. And I think we, we love to do that for some reason. I think it's because we watch too many movies. We love to think that different points in our life, like, oh, this doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. And then a year later, something happens and we're like, well, God was doing this all along just for this. Well, you don't know that, you know, God is not a Hallmark movie. Like, I I like to think he's a little more complicated than that. So I I wouldn't be so quick to say this. This is why God did that. That's why God did that. I'm more quick to say, well, I'm glad God did that because I like, you know, I like where he's brought me now. And, you know, I'm sure he's uh, taking me somewhere good in the future too. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I think, you know, Romans eight twenty eight can be so cliche, but I think when you really understand like what it's saying, um, as a believer who's going through an incredibly difficult circumstance, if you hold on to that, knowing that whatever is coming about in your life is ultimately being used by God to conform you to the image of Christ. And that is, your best good no matter what i mean it's just so encouraging Uh, yeah i just i don't and i don't mean that in the sense i think we've talked about this like you know if somebody loses their family in a car accident don't go up to them an hour later and throw romans 828 out to them like weep with them yeah i was gonna say you know dfy nation Please be very sparing with who you tell Romans 8.28, because I think most of us, we're so eager to try and have something to say that we just say some of the dumbest stuff. And and sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it is not best 
to bring up, I, this is going to be controversial. It's sometimes it is not best to present truth right away. Like, like, like you said, Trey, you know, you need to, sometimes you need to mourn. Job's friends sat with him for seven days and they still didn't even say anything that was good. Like they were, they were wrong after seven days. So what are the odds that you are going to know the exact thing they have to, they have to hear right away? And I, you know, we like to say, well, it's the Bible, you know, truth is true. Jesus also says, don't throw your pearls before swine, which is not to say throwing, you know, giving the Bible to other believers is pearls before swine. But it gives us this kind of idea that there there exists a principle of there is a time and a place and you just need to be wise about it. So if someone is really upset, even if they're another believer, uh, bringing that up could be hard and it could actually push them away. It could make it more difficult for them. So just be careful, mm-hmm. you know. And That's a great point. And I also wanted to say, you know, just as a thought that I just had, you know, you may have reached this point in the episode and you might be struggling with this idea of God being that sovereign. Um, Yeah, I don't know where you're at in your life, but, you know, I just want to encourage you that if you're going to hold on to the truth of something like Romans 8, 28, where we're told that all things work together for the good of those who love God, the only way that all things can work together for good is if God is in control of those things. And Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, without a sovereign God, you don't have much of a God to worship or have faith in. Yeah. I I agree with that. I I don't know how you can expect God to work all things together uh, for your good, unless he's in control of all things. But, you know, then again, you know, I don't have that belief. So I honestly don't really know the logic Mm -hmm. behind it. So I, couldn't address it very well mm-hmm. but uh since we're kind of reading reaching the end of uh, this trail i want to go back to earlier mm-hmm. where i mentioned i was familiar with a different uh categorization of god's will in three different categories are you familiar uh you probably know who kevin DeYoung is right i've heard the name. um are you familiar with the, his book just do something i've heard the title okay so it's a it's a brief little book it's probably a little over 100 pages um, I think it's like 10 chapters, uh, book about God's will. His main point, uh, and this is why it's called just do something is don't spend all your time trying to find out what God's will is specifically for your life. You know, where am I going to go to college? Who should I marry? Uh, where should I start my family? But just make the wisest decision you can and just do something. Cause God does not intend to tell you that, you know, just say go to Wheaton College or anything like that. I mean, obviously go to the University of Florida. If you live in Florida, most cost-effective uh, top 10 public university in the nation, go Gators. Uh, that was a Gator chomp. And... All that school spirit kind of take it out of <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> I, I just remembered like, wow, their med school did not accept me. So I kind of regret gator chomping there. Um, <laughs> but the characterizations, or this, excuse me, the categorizations for God's will that he gives are God's will of decree, God's will of desire. And then I think there was ooh, God's will of decision or something. I can't remember the exact words, but one of them was like you said, things that he he uh, says will happen like Jesus is coming back. You know, we have all these prophecies, things like that. He's told us Mm -hmm. Um, those are going to happen. The other is God's will of desire, which this is kind of like a prescriptive will where God desires that, for example, you, uh, 
you love your neighbor, you ref- you refrain from sexual immorality, you um, you know refrain from all types of sin. You know, you see those lists in the New Testament where he says like gossipers, slanderers, sexually immoral, liars, cheats, things like that. Um, that's God's will of desire. Uh, but the third one, I think he might just call it God's specific will. I don't know if it's a, a word with, that starts with a D, but that is who you're going to marry, where you're going to go to college, things like that, the specifics um, of your life. And his, his main point is God does not by any means promise that he's going to tell us that, and he probably does not intend to just reveal us that. He does, I, don't, I think we... We all know the the stereotypes where uh, in youth groups, some girl breaks up with a guy saying like, hey, God just, I think God just wants me to, you know, break up with you and focus on my relationship with him. Or I just don't think God wants us together. Or on the other hand, someone going up to another and saying, I think God wants us to, to be together. God told me we should, should get married or whatever. Those are, those are dangerous. Yeah, that's, Yeah. Definitely. I've actually seen some of those in real life. Uh, and actually the, the funnier one of the two, the God told me to be, we're going to be together. I've, I've seen that actually oh, really? happen. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was interesting. Huh? So That is interesting. <laughs> I was not involved in the sense of I was one of the parties, but I've seen yeah. it happen. Well, uh, here's an interesting, just kind of fun fact aside. Um, as many people know, Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormon faith, he was at points polygamist. Um, and this is not intended to be a slam against Mormons. This is purely just a fun fact. But uh, it is recorded that at different points, he would he would approach women in the church and tell tell them that an angel appeared to, to him with a, a, a drawn sword and said that, that it would kill him if he didn't marry more women. Now that is, that is some dating leverage. Yeah, that's you sixteen year old guys don't need to try that, please. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure how well it would work nowadays. <laughs> I think you kind of need to be the founder of the Mormon faith for that to work. We're not endorsing <clears throat> you found other religions either. Just yeah, so I, you can date the pretty girl in the youth group. I probably wouldn't endorse that. Um, <laughs> that is, I mean, <laughs> maybe a new denomination, but not a not a whole new religion. <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> let's let's bring this train back on topic. Yeah. So coming back now, uh, since I mentioned Kevin DeYoung, bringing up the purpose of that book, what about God's will? Can we know, and what what should we be focusing on? What's important for us? Well, I mean, either you know, if you want to say prescriptive or God's desire. Uh, desired will um, however you want to describe it that's what we need to be focused on uh, what does scripture say uh, for how we are to live our day-to-day lives um, we shouldn't concern ourselves with the future in the sense that we are so wrapped up in who am I going to marry where am I going to go to school what job am I going to get you know, any of that that we're missing the point that the main thing God wants from us is faithfulness in our day-to-day lives. So he wants you to be faithful wherever he has you at that time. Uh, I mean, even thinking about the future, you know, Jesus tells us to, you know, not worry about tomorrow for today has enough trouble of its own. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I mean, you're not going to know necessarily, you're not going to wake up one morning and 
on your ceiling, you know, you're gonna see the hand of God writing, like you will go to the university of Florida. Like you're not going to see that. Um, if you do consult your elders, you might have a medical condition you need to get checked out. I don't know. But what you do know is that, you know, you are to honor your father and your mother. You're supposed to love your neighbor. Uh, if you are married, you're supposed to love your spouse. I mean, those are the things that we know and those are the things that we're supposed to do. Mm. So, yeah, I, I remember a specific conversation we had in uh, a church group we were part of together where I don't remember why we were talking about it, but we were talking about God's will. And I, I remember getting a little frustrated and, and, and saying something. And I'm going to make myself sound more eloquent than I probably was. But I remember saying something along the lines of um, sometimes people in the church are so focused on what's God's will for my life? Where should I go to school? This, that and the other. Um, but they're not they're not that focused on the things that God is absolutely clear about that he wills for our lives. Uh, and, and that's just a shame that we, we, we care so much about what's this next future thing, but God's made it very clear a lot of stuff that he desires for us to do. And uh, we just kind of lose sight of that sometimes. Mm-hmm. I actually remember that night. I remember. I'm because, sure you do. Well, I'm sure. I remember because I was late and I came in and you were already frustrated. And I think you were finishing <laughs> up as we were walking in and I wanted to like get in and have your back, but then it was the conversation was shut down by someone who was not a leader and just didn't want to talk about it anymore. So it was somewhat frustrating. Was it? I believe, unless it's a different night. I don't remember who shut it down. That's all I meant. Yeah. Uh, it definitely was shut down. But yeah, um, I do. Not we won't, to not we won't to slander or gossip or anything. Yeah, here, I, but. not my intention at all. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I understand that sometimes those conversations can be divisive. In my judgment, I thought it was okay. I thought it was a good conversation at the time. And there's been just probably considered it wasn't. I can respect that. I can dig it. But bad timing. <laughs> Trey didn't even get a chance. <laughs> so I got, uh, I want to circle back around and, um, well, I've been using that phrase tonight. But I want to go back to something we talked about a little earlier in the podcast and, and kind of pitch a, a harder question. This kind of touches on some some Rob Bell type stuff. Rob Bell in his book, Love Wins, he kind of makes the case that God is clear that he desires that all should come to a saving knowledge of, uh, of faith. And I think it's in, it's definitely in one of the two Timothys. I can't remember which right now, but uh, he, he poses this question, does God get what God wants? So uh, what, what would you say to that if someone says, you know, it says in the Bible, God desires that all should be saved. How do we work that into our understanding of God's will? Um, I think it, that is a very difficult question um, in terms of it's a very emotional question. I think when we look at scripture, it's not as difficult because, yes, that is something that Scripture says. Scripture does say that God desires that all men should come to uh, repentance and that he does not delight in, you know, the destruction of the wicked. However, Scripture also says that God is just and holy and that there are some who are going to experience wrath. I mean, if you want to, I, I consider this, you know, this is the, the trump card passage for those, you know, of us who hold to, you know, 
what would be considered you know Calvinistic theology or or I mean I, I kind of hate the label because it's not Calvin's theology, um, but Romans nine specifically says that you know some are cre- some vessels are created for honorable use and some are for dishonorable use, and your response to that maybe then well what do we do with that? We're not necessarily supposed to do anything with it other than just know that this is the way that God is working things out. God desires that all men should come to saving faith. All men won't. That doesn't mean that we don't preach the gospel. I feel like that's a common um, charge that's levied against someone who who holds to this view that, well, why do you even preach the gospel? Like, If they're going to be saved, they're going to be saved, and you can't do anything about that. Yes and no. Uh, God invites us into the process of regenerating fallen man. We we come to faith in Christ through the working of the Spirit by hearing the Word of God. How do people hear the Word of God? Through men teaching and giving that. And, you know, that's the way that God has chosen to work. For all we know, God could save every single person in your life. Like, there's no way to know. And we aren't supposed to pick and choose who we give the gospel to. Uh, so, so to answer your question, because I kind of got a little tangent going there. Does God desire that all men be saved? Yes. But God also desires to show his attributes more. And there have to be vessels of wrath to see his wrath. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard it said by uh, who is probably my my favorite pastor right now, Gerard Hemmings. I, I know I've mentioned him before to you personally. Yeah, Trey's <laughs> laughing now because I, I, I might be a Gerard fanboy, I guess. But um, he says in, in one of his sermons that I believe is about Romans 9, um, that God saves all the people that he, he gets the entire counsel of his will on board to save, so to speak, which I think, you know, goes a lot with what you just said, where uh, God's attributes will be shown. His, like God's glory is the biggest thing. And that's, uh, that's what he's about because he deserves it. I think it's easier for us to say, why would, why would we worship a God that's so, uh, you know, he's so obsessed with his own glory. Well, if he deserves it, there's nothing wrong with that. The problem with that is that we as humans, we're so used to this, this mindset of people shouldn't be about their own glory because no one deserves it. But if someone does deserve it, it's only right that they should get it. And uh, so God balancing, well, I don't want to say balancing because I don't want to presume that I, I understand uh, kind of that sort of cosmic, um, you know, weighing of, of justice and glory and things like that. But uh, there is there is God's God's will to uh, save all and God's God's will to show his his justice and his love and his wrath and his, his mercy and all we all we should do as believers is say I know God does desire for for all to be saved and God does desire that uh, he be glorified and um, since I am so messed up and sinful I can't I can't insert my own ideas about what justice and goodness really mean because um, clearly I have some sort of misbalance in that and so i'm just going to trust given uh given the goodness i know he's shown through christ that he's working those things out and and that that will come to balance and i've heard one uh pastor teacher whoever say 
uh, well, if you if you say we can't possibly have an understanding of of what real goodness is, what real justice is, that just empties it of all uh, of all its meaning. I would disagree. I think it 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 only makes sense to say that us and our our limited scope of perspective, our limited ability to uh, to do right, and our our imperfection before uh, we are completely made like Christ. I think it's totally reasonable to say that. Uh, we should be willing to admit that we probably don't understand where goodness, ju- justice, glory, and and all these things intersect in 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 God's own uh, judgment and in His His mind, so to speak. That that only makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we don't get to pick and choose what attributes of God we want and those that we don't. Like God is God. Mm-hmm. We are not. I mean, that's kind of what Paul says. Like, I feel like he anticipated people's response to the message of Romans 9. Because um, he, he says, like, you know, some will say then, like, how does he still find fault? And it's mm-hmm. like, well, who are you, old man, to answer back to God? I yeah. mean, that's just, that's kind of how it is. And it's also, if we if we start trying to pick and choose what attributes we want to focus on, we are no longer worshiping the God of the Bible. We're worshiping a, a God that we've made up in our own head. Yeah. And I, I think the the important thing we can do to avoid that is we need to start start with the cross and say, I know God is good and I know that He's uh, He's sovereign and He He did this for me. So, frankly, considering that I've been saved, uh, I'm I'm willing to accept what He says about anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say like He's pretty He's shown pretty clearly that He is the epitome of good and and uh, and justice and mercy and everything else. So you know if He says this is this is that I'm I'm inclined to believe it. I think uh, if if you're not, you're probably assuming, or, or you're you're probably feeling like you deserved salvation a little bit. I don't know. I don't want to you know push that on anyone, so to speak. But um, you know if we've really been saved, I think we should have that mindset of. I'm willing to trust what God says and not not try to make it align with our human understanding and and what our what our conceptions are of of these things because um, really we've already given up that that place we've already said clearly I have not been doing a good job of um, choosing what's good and carrying it out so it only makes sense to to trust God for that yeah yeah and that's not to say you know, we are definitely not saying that if you disagree with us on this point that you're not a Christian. That is not it at all. I firmly believe that I was saved before I came to this understanding of Scripture. And I believe there are some men and women who love Jesus above all else, but don't come to the same place. Uh, I would love to talk to them more. I would love to hear what they have to say. But above all else, like whatever discussions you have or disagreements you may have, everything we're saying has to be grounded in scripture. It can't be based on our emotions and our feelings. Uh, So if you read through scripture and that is your highest authority and you just can't get there yet, I'm going to say like for now, that's fine. But just understand that like scripture needs to be your highest authority Um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, we still love you and we can still work with you. Um, there's no reason that, you know, people who disagree on this can't have fellowship. Cause I know this is a very divisive topic. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, yeah, I would, I would totally agree with that. And of course, you know, we don't have complete understanding about the Bible. So, mm-hmm. but these are things that I, 
I feel pretty strongly that um, are clear as well. I, I would agree mm-hmm. with what you've said throughout this podcast. Um, but yeah, I have I have plenty of friends who uh, might disagree with this. One of one of my best friends, I remember driving with him in the car and I don't see him very often. He lives out of state, but we were driving around and he, he said something about uh, which church he went to. And uh, I said, Oh, what is that denomination? It was, it was church of the Nazarenes. I'd never heard of that before. And he, he told me a little, and I said, Oh, oh, they're not Calvinists. He's like, Oh yeah, I'm not a Calvinist. And I said, well, it's okay to be wrong. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we're, we're pretty good yeah. friends with that. Yeah, we're definitely not saying that to you. And, uh, you know, I'd say uh, it is okay to be wrong as long as you're not being wrong willingly. You know, I think, uh, well, uh, what I mean by that is it's okay to say my knowledge is not complete. It won't be until I'm in heaven. Um, but as long as you've got the gospel down pat and that's where you're putting your hope, it's it's okay to say I'm probably wrong on some stuff. But as far as I can see, I'm not. So, yeah, that wow, I had to I had to recover that quickly. <laughs> this is becoming I think we should rename this podcast Caveats the Podcast. The, like theological caveats. Because all we do, all we do is and that's not to say, and let me be clear, I just wanna I just wanna reaffirm, uh don't we don't want you to think that <laughs> we do that so much. It's the culture we live in, man. Yeah. Somebody gets a sound bite and it's because yeah. I don't want to be slammed because I am I am trying here. I, I want I wanna help people. I want I I just want to be you know yeah just i mean we talk about how much share we the sweat. truth and love <laughs> we we talk about how much we sweat it's not really because of the heat in someone's apartment it's because we're trying so hard to make sure that we're understood clearly that we're physically perspiring because uh, of it's it. the heat too let's be honest <laughs> darn um, florida um but I mean, let's let's try to take it back. So I said that we would kind of toe the edge of this canyon, and I think we just fell headlong into it for a little while. I, what? Did, a, I did a swan dive. <laughs> I just stumbled over it. I'm not graceful. <laughs> um, so what does this mean? You know, looking again at our idea of like God's will for our lives. Like, what can we take away? Um, this idea of God's sovereignty is this big. What does that mean for me as the person looking to get married, looking to go to college, looking to get a job? How, what does this practically mean for me? I like that you're asking the question and I get to answer. I feel like <laughs> normally I ask all the questions. Um, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much the main question that we as believers have to grapple with. And uh, the clearest way to look at it is, I think, going back to uh, you know what I said earlier. First, we got to start with what is it clear that God wants from us? And are we doing that? Uh, for example, you know, we don't have to ask the question, um, does God want me to take this job or that job? If one of the jobs is, say, uh, illegally smuggling drugs across the borders, and I really don't know. I'm just, mm-hmm. just pick something off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that, you know, God has commanded us to obey the authorities, the governing authorities, and smuggling drugs is illegal. And so we don't have to ask that question. But once we've once we've kind of worked through those things and we say maybe uh, this job or that job or this uh, this college or that college are not sinful and they both seem like they would be good things to do. uh, I think we have to say, you know, what's the wisest thing for me to do right here? Because wisdom is um, I'd say we're called to wisdom. I don't think it's a clear thing that we can always make sense of and a lot of times we need other people's help 
but uh, sometimes you also just have to do something. If you say both of these are wise decisions, I think I'll do well in both places. I'll be able to, you know, grow and uh, just hopefully please God with what I do. I'd say just do something, honestly. And beyond that, I think there are a couple ways we kind of find indications God might be leading us one way or the other. Um, sometimes you have doors open or closed. Sometimes opportunities will arise or, or be shut. Uh, things will pull us this way and that way. And you might get good advice or wisdom from someone. That's not to say if someone you trust gives you a suggestion, that means God's telling you to do that. Uh, and sometimes we just have personal convictions, but all of these need to be taken with a grain of salt. And I think the, the bottom line is, what are we absolutely clear about God wants us to do? And uh, we just need to do our best in making those decisions um, accordingly. Yeah, yeah, I would absolutely agree. <clears throat> I mean, it, it definitely comes down to, to wisdom when the two options aren't inherently sinful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think about me being a slightly newly married man Um, and thinking about career and providing for family and, you know, family planning and all that, it's, it never really comes down to a a question of right or wrong per se, but what is going to allow me to continue to provide for my family, not only financially, but, uh, spiritually as well, like being here, supporting my wife, supporting any future kids we have, you know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter if I'm providing financially, if I'm never home, uh, because it's more important that I provide spiritually than financially. So, Mm -hmm. you know, these are the kind of things from where I'm at in my stage of life that, you know, I I really have to think through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I think in in summation, um, our big question at the beginning was, how can I know what God wants me to do in life? What is God's will for my life? Um, kind of the summary of what we've talked about, along with just a lot of ideas of what God's will means and how we can think about it is we we can know for sure that God is, is going to do some things. He's made that very clear. Uh, Jesus is coming back. Um, you know, every tear will be wiped away. Every, every sin will be uh, judged. And uh, we also know that there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen that we don't know about. God's going to bring you places, have things happen in your life, and we don't know that. Um but we can rely on what we do know. And we know that there are things God commands us to do, and we know that's for our own good. And um, as far as our decisions go, I think we we do our best to try and um, discern what's going to what's gonna follow those things God has told us to do. And, you know, that's really all you can do as a believer with our, our limited knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I want to share a quick little story that uh, I'll make a point with at the end, but Last year, I applied to medical school, and by last year, I mean um, the cycle that is to enter school fall of 2018. Clearly, I did not get in because I'm not in medical school, but I applied to, I think, about 12 schools. I was pretty optimistic, so I didn't, uh, overly optimistic, so I didn't get in any interviews for a while, and then eventually I got one. It was for a school in Minnesota, and I I, I was going to go interview there, but before I got that interview, I was thinking about how... I always wanted to uh, do something overseas, and I was looking at this private Christian school in Moscow, Russia. It's for English expatriates and just English-speaking Christian children, so or children from Christian families. You know, can't assume they're all Christian, but 
I was offered the job actually as a high school level science teacher. And shortly after I had the interview, before I was offered the job, I received an interview invite for that school in Minnesota. And so I was kind of kind of torn. And so when I, when they offered me the job, I told them, uh, you know, I'd like to see how this interview goes first. And they said, okay, that's fine. And I went to the interview and it didn't go that great, but I was feeling decently about it. I thought I would get in. And so I told them, no, I think I'm going to get in because they wanted to fill the position as soon as possible. And so I told them no, and then I didn't get in. And so I, I had killed both these options and I didn't know that not getting in was going to be one of the best things for me at that point. I'm really glad I didn't get in. I applied again this year, and you know, part of what we were alluding to earlier, uh, a funny thing happened this year when I applied. I applied much better. I was more realistic. I applied to more schools, and I got some interview invites pretty early on, and I did my interviews in the fall. And then I was waiting for a while. They The schools didn't give me a, a certain answer one way or the other. They didn't even waitlist me. It was less certain than that. But then... Last Tuesday, so this was, I think, right before we put up the new episode, or episode five, and shortly before I was going on my anniversary trip, I get an interview invite from another school, and it was for the following Friday. And normally you get about a month, a month's notice, but this was, you know, a couple days, and I was about to leave for the trip on Saturday, and Tori and I talked about, like, should we even go? I mean, it's it's not a big deal, and uh, I I kind of felt that... I should really just go and, and see this see this through and see if this is something that you know God might be opening a door and leading me one way and I, I didn't want to just turn it down. So I went uh, I just went alone because money and I loved the school. I, I, I really liked it. And then a week later I got accepted. so this past Friday and that is amazingly fast. a week that is unheard of. So I, I'm going to medical school, and uh, we alluded to that a little bit. But the point of this story is not just to tell you that I got into medical school and I'm excited about it. That is part of it, because I was going to do that. But um, the main part, I think, is to say those things that happened earlier on, I didn't know what God was going to do with that. You know, I had an interview come up, I had a job come up, and they both kind of killed each other, so I didn't end up leaving or anything. I just We just stayed in Gainesville, and now I got accepted to medical school, but... I want to take it a step further and say, I'm not even going to say that that was God's intention in the whole place, like just to do this, because God's God's will and God's plans are so much bigger than I can understand. For all I know, this is like, this isn't even the beginning. This is like a side thing. I don't, I don't want to even say that the whole reason that happened was to get me into medical school. For all I know, it's just to get me to Wisconsin. Oh yeah, I'm going to Wisconsin, by the way. Um, you know, I, it's not, I don't think it's good to say that, uh, this is the reason that God did this. But what I will say is I'm really glad that happened. And I think along the way, I saw a lot of good that came from it. And just along the way, the growth I had and the the time Tori and I got to spend together while I wasn't in medical school, along the way, I could see that the whole time God was was using that in good ways. And it really all was being uh, used for my good. That's awesome. And yeah, you know, I've told you offline, but you know, I have to tell you in a recording. So congratulations! Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, and that I mean that is so encouraging to hear. I mean, this is really good. I don't want to steal your thunder. Maybe no, of it's okay. Else, I'm, but... I'm not trying to bring up thunder, honestly. <laughs> um, the podcast will continue, by the way, in the future. Uh, it'll just be recorded slightly differently, mm-hmm. um, not in person, but online. So yeah, I guess there's there's no better time than now to say uh, what's been working for you as we wrap up here. Um, well, honestly, this is kind of a funny one, but uh, 
Coke Zero Orange Vanilla. I saw your post. Yeah. I saw yeah. that. It, um, I was skeptical when I saw my first Facebook ad for it. But, uh, you saw it on a Facebook ad? Yeah, I did. And um, I was like, you know what? I want to try it. Like, you know, just get one. And I couldn't just get one because Publix only had 12 packs. So we bought a 12 pack just mm-hmm. thinking like, okay, well, if it's disgusting, I can take it to work and... You know, the Cretans there will drink anything. So, thanks. <laughs> um, but no, it's actually incredible. Uh, it is much sweeter than a regular Coke Zero. Still zero calories, but it's imagine you took an orange cream popsicle and just dipped it in a Coke Zero. I mean, it's very orange cream forward, but with a hint of Coke Zero, and it's so good. So. Well, that sounds pretty good. I do like Coke Zero. I think it's my favorite of the Cokes uh, over mm-hmm. Diet Coke and regular Coke, which, you know, some people in the South here, they're real passionate about their Coke, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to have to give that a try then. Oh, yeah. Well, we got some extra ones in the fridge if you want to grab one. When you uh, leave, I just so. might have to. <laughs> so that's that's me. What's been working for you? Well, uh, I, I think one big thing that's been working for me lately is, uh, as you know, um, I have a, a YouTube channel. Uh, youtube.com slash alec with a c but the what's working for me isn't specifically that it's i was thinking about videos i wanted to make and i was i was toying with the idea of doing something with uh talking with russian people online because i do a lot of language practice with that and sometimes these just like incredible funny things happen and i thought maybe i could see if i could you know, round those up and turn it into something in the end i said nah this isn't really it's not gonna work mm-hmm. uh didn't work with my you know, what I like to do. So, but I've, I've been practicing more and I kind of go in and out of practice, but I've really been enjoying getting back into practicing Russian. And I feel like, uh, I'm kind of at a point now where I'm, I'm probably never going to lose it at the rate I'm going. I think I've lost what I'm going to lose and I'm, I'm climbing back up again and expanding my vocabulary more. And, uh, and so I've just been enjoying that lately. Very cool. It's much smarter than I am. Med school, Russian, you know, I'll just stick with Coke Zero. All it is is just sinking your time into into things. uh, (laughs) That that just came from hundreds of hours of talking to the same person over Skype, practicing. So that's fair. And and to to be fair, I did play a lot of RuneScape Classic while Mm -hmm. I while I Skype. So okay. um, So you know, I didn't like fully dedicate myself. I'm not I'm not like a Type A sort of guy. Very good. But yeah, if you ever need some translation going on and Google Translate's not doing it, hit me up. <laughs> Solid option B. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, that's it. Episode six. Yeah. Good. Uh, I liked this one. Yeah. Um, I don't think it, it was as long as our others, but I think we mm. hit a lot of material. And um, The hornet's nest has definitely been kicked with this one, I feel true. like. We have drawn our line in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> but we did so kindly and gently, I think. And that's, that's important to do I, at I times. I hope so. Yeah. Um, as much as you can without compromising. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I feel, sometimes I feel like this podcast just gets so silly and like we joke around so much, but I really don't know what it comes across to listeners and I can't seem to, I can't seem to not do it. So yeah, I'm okay I, with it. I, um, this is yeah. who we are. <laughs> Shout out to my granny who will be listening to this cause she's oh, really? one of our faithful listeners. Yes. Oh, man, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, 
she understands that she doesn't get our humor sometimes, but she still faithfully listens. And, you know, she might disagree with us a little bit on this episode, but that's okay. We that's, sat at the kitchen okay. table talking about it in person. So. Well, we're just happy that you're listening. Yes. Um, and you know what? Sometimes the only person who thinks I'm funny is me. There are times even Tori is probably not on board with it. So uh, that's mm. that's what humor is like. Yeah. I've gotten the blank stares from Melody before too. So yeah, that's that's the way it is. <laughs> you're, a, you're when you're a, a smart aleck, you know. And, yeah. And uh, yes, yes, I have been called smart aleck about a million times already. So um, I would like if anyone is gonna you know do something with my name, pro- just do something I haven't heard before. Just just freshen it up for me. <laughs> uh, but. Anyways, in all seriousness, uh, we appreciate those of you who do listen, and um, we just want to thank you for listening. We hope that this is either helpful or entertaining or both, or just, you know, is, is a good use of your time, and uh, you know, we hope you continue to listen. Yeah, and if you have any questions or comments or anything, you know, you can email us at despisedforyouth at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on Twitter, DFY underscore podcast, Facebook, um, mm-hmm. you know, just wherever. And if you want to leave us a, a rate and review on iTunes. That would be awesome. So yeah. whatever you feel inclined to do. Yeah. I've, I've really been liking the the feedback we've been getting from uh, some of our listeners and uh, it's just been great hearing from them and getting questions as well. And uh, I was just hearing from one today too, who said that they really liked our, our podcast last week and, and that was just really encouraging to hear. Also, I just remembered, we said we would do something for hitting 100 likes on Facebook, and mm-hmm. we're closer to 200 now than we are to 100, so we need to figure that out yeah, pretty quickly. I mean, I just got back from anniversary trip, so I feel like that's a good excuse, but we'll get on that. Yes, definitely. And also, <clears throat> uh, you know, we didn't have an episode last week. Uh, we did post about it, but if you hadn't seen, uh, Melanie and I were actually interviewed uh, by Looking for the Middle, which is a podcast done by... Uh, her sister, my sister-in-law, and Melanie's best friend. Uh, we talk about how we met and that experience. Um, it's kind of a lighthearted thing, not so much theological. But if you'd be so inclined, go check that out. Uh, it was interesting. I so. liked it. It was it was pretty funny too. Yeah, I feel like there's some stories there that you know you probably won't hear just talking to us or yeah know, in a medium like this. Yeah, there so. were. I don't. I think I'd only heard one of those stories before, and they were they're pretty funny. Yeah. So go give that a listen. They were kind enough to give us a shout out. So you know, returning the favor. Yeah, it's a it uh, for a you know a dating podcast. When I heard dating podcast, I thought uh, I don't know, but it was good. Yeah, I have to say it was good. Definitely. So looking for the middle. That's their podcast. But anyway. Uh, thanks for listening and we'll we'll see you next time yep until then this podcast contains our opinions on all subjects discussed all opinions given should be tested against scripture church membership regular attendance and submission to pastors and or elders is recommended for optimal growth in your faith if you find yourself relying on podcasters and celebrity pastors for the main source of truth in your life please repent immediately and consult the nearest bible